Welcome to the Out of Tan Podcast. My name is Michael Vallejo Sevilla. Uh, this is Out of Tan Podcast, episode 248. This is a solo recording as Sage is away on holiday, but should be back to record with me in person again with Sully next week. Um, for this episode, I'm going to run down my thoughts on Rihanna's performance at the Super Bowl, kind of go through a bit of her track listing, if I can find that, as well as a few different albums that I was able to listen to this past week. I've got a number of them. I got about six, so those will be rolling up the Welcome at EP by Kelsey Ballerini, uh, Desire, I Want to Turn Into You by Carolyn Polachek, Tennis's Pollen, Rebecca Black's Let It Burn, Kalela's Raven and This Is Why by Paramore. So we're going to start with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yes, Rihanna. Rihanna was a headliner for the Super Bowl this year. She was announced fairly recently in the past few weeks. And then there was a lot of hype and build up. And so as you can imagine, all the prop batters trying to figure out what those, what the set list was, what she'd wear, who the guest performances were. Um, people were saying Drake, maybe Jay-Z. Uh, ASAP because of the husby, husband connection. DJ Khaled, I think, was on the prop bets. Ultimately, there weren't any guests. I guess if you can count a second baby. This is where she announced that she was pregnant with her second child. Uh, so we'll walk through. So let's walk through from the start. The set list was What's My Name? So basically, like a snippet, remix, something set up for the intro. But the real song performance started out with Bitch Better Have My Money. She Then she goes into Where Have You Been? Only go- Girl in the World. Uh, we Found Love, heading into a medley with Rude Boy with some elements of SM, going into Work. Then through Wild Thoughts, a tiny bit of an interlude with Through Birthday Cake, Pour It Up, Pose with Elements of Numb, um, All of the Lights, which I guess is now a Rihanna song, which I'm not mad about, Kanye. Then heading into Run This Town, ending with the penultimate song, another Jay-Z collaboration, Umbrella, finally capping the entire evening off or her performance i should say the halftime performance with diamonds now there's a speculation there was some there was some like afterthoughts following this that i saw on tiktok running through this entire performance or the set list at the very least kind of walks you through the the entire life of a relationship right you kind of start off strong where have you been only girl in the world you're feeling kind of lonely then you found love so that's when you kind of get together, knowing that you have to kind of work through these actual thoughts, uh, these these feelings, and you go through the highs, you get to the lows, and at the end of the day with Umbrella and Diamonds, that's the solidification of where you kind of are. So it might just be the love letter to not just ASAP Rocky in the form of a relationship, but it's the love letter to her family, including her newborn and her expected child to come. Um. She was downing, uh, she was wearing this red outfit with like a puffer jacket, kind of like bubble core, if you will, stylistic wise. And I thought it was really kind of captivating um, to look at as visually stimulating compared to uh, the very minimalist backdrop of the set. And which was just basically like these uh, Super Smash Bros floating uh, stages. But at the same time, you have a league of white puffer jacket dancers just rounding themselves up, just giving their best performances of their lives. The reason why is 
Rihanna was not moving. She was pregnant with her second child. So she kind of gave a bit of a milk toast performance energy wise. I think she relied a lot on just how enigmatic she, you know, she is given that she's almost nowhere to be seen, very private, but also like the magneticism of how she looks. Um, so she hasn't, she, she wasn't really performing uh, or not performing, but dancing really at all during this entire time, uh, this, this entire performance here. Overall, I gave it a B, B for baby number two. I think it was a, a I think it's a good standard to set because even if you're not going to be dancing, you can understand that it was good. But overall, you kind of wish that if she weren't pregnant, she might have been given a bit bigger. So moving on to the album reviews for the week, I'm going to start with uh, something that's a bit left field for me. I don't really usually listen to this type of music. I mean, we in past, we've been known to listen to some country music, but not like this, not like this. So I came across Kelsey Ballerini's EP from watching a TikTok uh, where someone had compared it to something like that of you know Casey Musgrave Starcrossed. You know, this is a divorce album. This is something that's kind of reaching into sad girl country. And that was really speaking my language. So I thought I'd give it a try. So this is a fairly short EP. It's 16 minutes long. Uh six tracks. Kelsey Ballerini is a singer-songwriter who kind of gained some notoriety in like the top you know 2010s uh making a big name you know she's been around for a little while she's uh she was recording as a young child for a long time but she's also you know uh been known for some tracks and collaborations with artists like halsey and the chain smokers and ultimately um culminating into a few different albums first one in 2015 I think another one in 2018, apologetic, unapologetically, self-titled or last name self-titled in 2020, and then last year's subject to change, which I did not listen to. Coming into this, I had zero expectations. I honestly don't think I've ever heard an entire Kelsey Bellarini track, but uh, this was my introduction. And I do think that this is actually a pretty impressive little project to kind of put out uh, following a big release from the previous year. Very succinct. The sound of it is very consistent. And I do think that there's some sort of like early Taylor Swiftian vocal performances here. I think that her voice kind of matches that sort of similar kind of tone and twang. Unsurprisingly, it is country music. Mountain with a View, I believe, was the lead single for this but i think there are a few standout tracks that kind of come out here and i think they come out uh one on each side of like the interlude right the interlude being the fourth track of of this little project so just married to me is something that is reminiscent of uh starcross by casey musgraves to me and i think that there's some sort of lamenting of what it means you know like the big highs that you have going into like a marriage being married it's all this it's a big event of your life and it not really working out is sort of disappointing and you kind of start to question what is you know what you did wrong what went wrong and is it me is it them like how how did we end up here and i think this song does a really good job of just kind of walking uh ourselves walking you know walking the audience through the lies you may tell yourself in terms of 
entering a relationship that you know might not work in the end at the same time also being honest thinking that you you know you might have thought this was like the the one the one person you thought this would be forever and it turns out it's actually not not there another standout track for me was blindsided and i think that is sort of like a nice i wouldn't call it a revenge track necessarily but it's sort of like a call out track to her uh, ex-partner if you will you know you're sort of like married or you're with this person in a relationship and you can see the writings on the wall you've been putting in the work but your partner hasn't necessarily done anything and then once you spring up like yo i want to end this they feel like they were blindsided they're caught off guard because they're so blissfully unaware of the cracks in the foundation of the relationship that you spring this on them and they have no idea why what what brought this on so this is really just a call out track. It's a very decent, decent little tune as well. But my favorite track on this is Leave Me Again. And it's just a really simple acoustic track. Um, and I think it's just sort of a, a, a letter of self-love to this, uh, to herself, where, you know, she's just gone through a big life-changing event. She's now single and sort of like a reassurance following the you know the the divorce of sorts so overall i give this a a seven like it's a very solid little ep for me i'm not super enthusiastic about country in general but i do think that this type of like sad girl you know concise lyricism does really work for me and i kind of keen to listen to more kelsey ballerini and maybe maybe even kind of go back to her back catalog to see where where this kind of fits in into the broader thing because i'm not necessarily i'm not really a fan of hers i would say but i am a fan of this project so moving on we have one of my most anticipated albums of the year which is carolyn polichak's desire i want to turn into you carolyn polichak has been around for a long time She's written for Beyonce in the past. She was part of the duo Chairlift. She was even featured on an iTunes commercial through that project that kind of vaulted Chairlift into some notoriety, which is sort of saying like how long you've been around. If you're getting any kind of was incredible. I think it's her third album is Carolyn Polachek. I could be wrong. It is actually her second. So her real breakthrough as her own name, Carolyn Polachek, came out in 2019 with the project Pang. I didn't listen to this in 2019. I actually picked it up in 2020, and I kind of regret not listening to it earlier because it is honestly such a great album with tracks like Pang, Look At Me Now, Door, and of course the big standout track that really kind of gained any kind of TikTok notoriety as well was So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings, something that I continue to have on my, on my rotation. So now with the second album here, it's a 12-track, 45-minute album. Super easy to kind of get through. You feel it's you can feel a lot of motion and energy in this entire project. This is something even self-described by her as well. If I were to describe a little bit Carolyn Polachek as like a, a, a solo project in and of itself, it is a bit Imogen Heap in a vocal performance as well as in a production-wise sense because there's a sort of interest in using auto-tune um like electronic music but also fitting in uh, a decent number of left field uh instruments like a bagpipe or a, a child's choir um so th this album starts off with a fairly upbeat um track called welcome to my island in which it's just sort of like a really kind of introduction to like the world that she's trying to establish for you here there is a little bit of a rap interlude kind of going through 
<laughs> I don't know, I would call it like a lamenting, but I don't necessarily know if that's true, but a reflection of like her dad. I mean, over the over the over the course of the pandemic, she caught COVID at nearly at the same time as her dad. They had a strained relationship, but that was something that I guess they could bond over and ultimately he succumbed to the symptoms of COVID and and died. So that's a sort of um complicated matter because it's sad but at the same time you didn't really have the same she didn't really have the same kind of relationship as she might have wanted and recognized that he was a kind of gifted man who never really liked the stuff that she kind of put out you can definitely but in, in terms of the overall kind of influence you can hear parts of massive attack in terms of like what like the electronic kind of sounds uh, the tempo wise Sophie as well, Donna Lewis, Enya. Enya in particular, especially with some of like the siren sounding vocals as she reaches her upper limits of her falsetto. The Beach Boys with some tingly little um, melodies, uh, you know, sprinkled throughout the this entire project. And Enya Morricone and uh, Timbaland, I think is what she's also citing as well. So there's, a, you know, she had already kind of put out a few different tracks across uh, as, as as singles. Like Bunny is a Rider came out was a was last year was Pitchfork's uh, track of the year. Billions and I think Welcome to I'm to Welcome to My Island and Pretty Impossible, which is the most recent uh, single. Overall, I think that this is a, a it's a fun album. It I don't necessarily know if I can recommend it to everybody. Uh, you kind of need to listen to Pang to kind of get a sense of what Carolyn Polachek is about there are a few standout tracks for me of course over the over the course of listening to this bunny is rider of course i think welcome to my island is probably one of my favorite tracks of the year i would have put bunny is rider but that's a previous release sunset's a really interesting track for me personally as it kind of includes a um a, like a nice little striking of spanish guitar and i think that an element of passion of fire desire obviously being one of the main kind of themes throughout this entire album especially correlating with the use of the spanish guitar and kind of using that as a nice little backdrop to to this track i i do think that the track fly to you was a bit of a left field not left field but a bit of a surprise for me when i first came up on my on my first uh spin for this uh for this album i was like is this Grimes? Is this Dido? And it turns out it was both. I don't really know how to feel about it because it is a pretty decent track and I actually do like it. I just really had a difficult time upon first listen being like, okay, well, this was unexpected. This was fine. This is, I didn't really know how to position it at first, but I ultimately ended up came, coming around and like the last three tracks of this album to me were the most interesting uh, little run of this album. Every song being so distinct uh, sound-wise, Butterfly Net being uh, more kind of like a massive attack inspired track. I think with Smoke, it was more electronic. And whereas Billions kind of wraps up the entire sound of the album, throwing in a child's choir at the very end, but ultimately kind of saying what it is about this album and the, the overall theme of Desire. Like, I want to turn into you. The key line in this is like, I never felt so close. I never felt so close to you. And that is a sort of um, an omission of, of honesty, of obviously of desire. 
towards a partner, a lover. It could be a, a bunch of different things, but it's really succumbing to the feelings and the emotion that you have for another person. I mean, look, at this point, I'm a huge, I become a huge Carolyn Polachek fan. It's a tougher sell for someone like my, like Nicole, who is perhaps a little bit more on the poppier side. But I do think that there are, there are tracks that, that would entertain somebody or a little, a little bit, there's a little bit for, uh, of, of something for everybody in this album. So um, I think those standout tracks are probably like Sunset, Bunny's a Rider, and maybe Welcome to My Island. So in that sense, it's a bit front loaded, but I do think that this is like a fairly even album overall. So to me, and this is like, this is up there for me in terms of my enjoyability. I've been listening to this sort of like nonstop over the past week. So this, this, I've got to give it, this one, I've got to give it like an 8.4. I think in what I would honestly think is a super great transition from a Carolyn Polachek album is Let Her Burn by Rebecca Black. This is Rebecca Black's debut solo release album. This is... This is her on her own. Like, obviously, we know who Rebecca Black is, you know, from, like, the overnight success back in 2011 through, like, the big cultural smash Friday. And she was she was shit on when it should have been Patrice being shit. I mean, like, really, it's just, it's like a funny little track. It's, it's fine. It is what it is. You know, she's super nasally. And now here we come, what, 12 years later, an electro-pop influenced 100 gex collaborator rebecca black in full i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie this album is really enjoyable at least for my taste in pop music uh, at least for at least as a back-to-back for carolyn Polachek's album Definitely not what I expected at first. You know, I think Sage first put me on to Rebecca Black like 2016. Obviously after like the Big Friday thing, she released this track called The Great Divide. And it was sort of, uh, it was, it was, it was not that great of a, of a track overall. I think there was something better to be put out in 2021. She did put out a track called uh, read my mind featuring Slater. And I think that's really where she started to work with uh, like your hundred gags, your hyper pops, your Slater is like these, these surrealistic pop tr- uh, acts that kind of subverse the entire idea of what mainstream kind of pop is to kind of, you know, sub- not supplant, but definitely to put in a different a pop in a different perspective. And here we are a new queer queen, Rebecca Black putting out something that I think kind of first made me think of Pink Pantheress. At the very least, for the first two tracks, like in Erase You and Destroy Me, I think for me, a couple of the standout tracks were Misery Loves Company, but in particular, Doe Eyed, which I think is the most kind of R&B, kind of like, I can sing, I can put out something a little bit sensual, but not necessarily something that's kind of like overt. It almost reminds me of JoJo minus the uh, the flaunting of that she can have sex kind of thing, but like there's a sort of like you know doughiness to, to to this kind of thing. Overall, and I think that there's really not too much to write home about aside. Like if you've already listened to this type of music, you, you kind of get a sense of like the rest of the tracks. Like it's not groundbreaking. I do think that she's found a niche to kind of fit into. Certainly, a community of people that have accepted her for creating this type of music uh of course 
because I think that space tends to be more most uh, accepting of uh, of queer artists. I just think that it's it's kind of got a lot of re-listenability to kind of put on the background. Uh, I don't think it's disappointing in any way. I do think that it's overall kind of impressive when you think about where how far she's kind of come, what her perception was into the public and kind of gone from nobody to a to like someone who was picked on as a child to now you know to some sort of form of obscurity and then back to a little bit of a niche uh pop act so i i do i do think this is a a decent album give it a listen if you want to be surprised if all you've ever heard from her was uh friday and you've never kind of got a sense that this is a direction that she wanted to go in i do think it's worth at least one listen it is uh i give this one a 7.3 enjoyable not groundbreaking definitely one for the pop girlies who need something to listen to in between album releases bigger album releases i should say next we're going to go into tennis and now tennis has been around for a little while now uh first in 2011 so they've been around for like releasing music since 2012 with cape dory my first exposure was in 2013 with young and old i didn't listen to ritual and repeat but in 2017 i did get onto yours conditionally and uh i think for me the the real resurgence or the big release for them was swimmer uh, in 2020 right before the pandemic hit and that, that was really really such a release with how to forgive uh, need your love uh, matrimony Two, uh, tender as a tomb and swimmer i think that was such a strong album and this is it, it, it was a podcast favorite for that year with this album i'm not as enthusiastic about it I will not. I, I will not come out. And, I'm not going to come out and say it's actually just like a boring album. I I do like a few different tracks of this. Like let's make a mistake tonight. Uh, I don't mind a few different tracks like Hotel Ballet and Forbidden Doors. I, I it is very very tennis in a lot of ways to me. I think that's a regression to the mean because I don't think tennis is such a it's such a a super great great act. I think out that they put out great songs. I think that their sound is fairly fine. But uh, to me, it seems like Swimmer was such a peak in their discography. And this is sort of back to like, oh, okay, like nice casual listen. Like I'll put it on. And the best way I can describe it is like your parents will really like this because there's sort of like retro kind of aspect of it. It it really is just a, a softer kind of like break album. I don't really know. Like it's it's not even though after three years they had time to digest um obviously the pandemic has kind of put in a dampener for what would have been a bigger tour and a way to kind of like like promote that bigger piece in their discography this is fine this is fine i i i I liken it to phoenix's tiamo back in 2017 where in 2013 they released bankrupt and in my opinion was their best very very best album or their run of two very good albums in 2009 2013 and then finally just kind of regressing to the mean because the rest of their discography isn't isn't anywhere near where those two albums were and i think that is where i think this kind of ends up um overall i i i think it's fine if you listen to come like indie pop soft rock ish i would almost call it like mom rock at this point now 
this is fine. It'll get the job done and it's okay. But it's not really breaking the bank. I don't think it's that interesting as an album for me personally. But I do think it's something that, you know, I'll put it on on occasion. I did give it my best. I gave it a few different listens, but I don't really think it kind of spoke to me in the way that uh, that Swimmer did uh, a few years back in 2020. So I give this one, I'll give this one a 6.8. It's fine. It's all it is. It's fine. So moving on, uh, I think we're going to go to Kalela. We're going to go to Kalela's Raven. It's been a long time since Kalela has put out an album. Uh, Kalela being this R&B electronic singer. She, 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 she's really, as a singer, her style is very, very R&B. She puts out very deep and personal uh, lyrics. Her debut LP uh, was Take Me Apart, but anyone who's listened to her before knows that she put out an electronic album in 2015 called Hallucinogen. So people... Fans of hers have known her for a little while, so Take Me Apart was the big one with tracks such as Frontline and Let Me Know, which is an enormous track. Um, now with Raven, it is more so, I think, a natural compliment to to, to what uh, Take Me Apart really was, where it was kind of best described to me as um, the first album being something about breaking things apart or breaking things down and this one is being put back together this the tracks across this album which is 15 tracks uh one hour and three minutes roughly at least on my apple music it would tell me that is that it kind of goes back and forth between some dancer dancier tracks uh such as contact and perhaps like on the run um, but then you have a lot more slow, pensive, kind of, uh, more kind of distinctive tracks such as Washed Away. And overall, I think that this sort of like, it's a really nice balance of like what type of artist and the type of branding that Kalela has kind of carved out for herself. It's a little niche because she's such an excellent singer, but she doesn't want to necessarily be pinned down as someone who's just an R&B singer only doing that because she in and of herself is an electronic music maker. And so you'll definitely hear some more kind of ambient sounds, some dancier club tracks, sort of like reminiscent of like uh, Jamie XX. And I think it's such a patient album overall where it talks to such broader themes of of self-care, but also that of identities of being like a, 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 a a black queer woman in the space of electronic music in which she's necessarily been as represented and just kind of taking things on her own route. You know, obviously, like, I guess it wouldn't be like a, an exact one-to-one, but I think uh, thematically, not thematically, but where she kind of sits in is sort of like where the, a lot of the collaborators for Beyonce's Renaissance um, are, you know, she's a black woman, uh, making music, dance music, R&B music, and a big kind of like magnus opus, if you will, a big, big album uh, along the same lines, but a completely different point of view, not that of like this giant capitalistic entity that is um, Beyonce, but that of just of an individual in Kalela. She has a number of different uh, producers on this album, like she has produced some of herself. Katronada is also on here, but you'll also find some really in- interesting like songwriters like Jungle Pussy for the most part. Um, 
everything was done by Colella herself and the the contributors to this album to make this what it was really kind of put a very consistent sheen on it uh, definitely something definitely something for your electronic heads and your r&b uh female-led r&b artists uh for sure personal favorite of mine of this year i do think it's a solid eight for me um definitely a lot of re-listenability because that's the type of music that i listen to but I do think that there's a little bit of everything for everyone here, at least to some small extent. I do think people are not quite turned on to Kalela yet. I don't know if people will, but I think people should. Now, going on to the last album of this week is probably one of my more hyped albums of a long, long, long time. And that is This Is Why by Paramore. Paramore have been around for such a long time, especially when I was like a kid growing up, listening to Haley just absolutely belt, you know, going back to like all we know is falling from back in what, 2005? Like she, this girl was signed uh, like to a record label in 2015, uh, uh, sorry, as a 15 year old. And, but I think most people kind of knew Paramore for the Riot album, you know, that came out in 2007, shortly after with songs like Misery Business that is still being played today. That's what you get. Um, Crush, 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 which was one of my favorite tracks back in the day. And to still to this day, I really, really enjoy it. Um, Brand New Eyes coming out just a couple years later. And that's where you kind of get the only exception. Ignorance, Brick by Boring Brick and All I Wanted. Uh, which is like an incredible vocal performance. Um, I know most people also like really kind of know this, know Paramore for being on the, the the Twilight soundtrack, but I think following that, there was also 2013's self-titled. So that's where you kind of get Ain't It Fun still into you. Um, I think at the time I found that a little bit less impressive uh, for me because it was such a bloated album. I do think that it's a fine album overall, but I don't, it, it just it just never really clicked with me. I know some of the tracks, like Definitely Still Into You and Ain't It Fun, do kind of get to me, but it, I, do, I do think it's like one of the weakest albums. And I think right afterwards um, was an album that I don't think I gave enough credit, and I gave quite a bit of credit to it, was in 2017's After Laughter. Um, you know, that was the 80s inspired, but still some sort of through line with some of their old sounds um, album, which was honestly this only kind of grown on me since. Um, definitely, definitely my favorite Paramore album overall. But this is why only five years later, a bit of a, ho- a hiatus for them, and they released This Is Why or late last year and i think i think this album is actually my second favorite paramore album of this of their entire um catalog um right behind after laughter so this is a 10 track album it's 36 minutes super easy to kind of get through but definitely uh an album that has kind of surpassed all of my uh expectations so right off the bat, I do think that like this is why gives you the sense of where Haley and the band are sound wise and writing wise. You know, Haley had kind of gone on and done a few like a releasing like a bunch of solo little projects over the past few years, 
which we reviewed on the podcast and you can definitely hear the influence especially on this is why but throughout this entire uh album i can't think of a single track that i dislike on this album going through um obviously this is why the news which is a little bit more retro retro paramore in a sense that there's a lot more energy uh with running out of time sa, a nice little track i do think that maybe a little on the lower end but uh big man a little dignity a a fine track so in in some ways you can kind of break this into two halves from the first five to the last ten the first five being probably like the faster tracks and the last ten, last five being a bit of the slower track. I think that um, my favorite is probably like um, like the last half. I think Thick Skull, Crave, and Liar are such a banger of, of run with with like the themes of, of it's like knowing how yourself in a relationship, what other people are saying to you um and thick skull is really just it's just a phenomenal phenomenal tune and i think but i don't really know where this will sit in for a lot of older paramore fans um at least those of whom like uh more of that um pop punk emo sound that they kind of had going on for them for for a little while i know um i know i've heard some people dislike this album perhaps on the basis of like its connectivity right it's been five years after laughter at least has some sort of connection sonically with what we've heard released into the past with paramore with the rest of the discography but this is more of a of a percussionist uh it's more rhythmically based uh album at least in like the vocal performances the, the drums and definitely with the guitars and it doesn't have to sound quite as poppy and i think that might have might be turning people off on this album but i think this is what turned me on the most that they are willing to change the the way at least for me they are perceived sonically you know with like the whole pop punk emo sound and into something a little bit more mature and more focused i think it's more focused definitely more mature on this album um thick skull might actually be one of my favorite tracks of this entire year where this album kind of lands on my overall ranking i think for me look i'll probably be honest all i know is falling is perhaps their worst album not to say that it's bad Definitely nostalgic, but way more, uh, you know, juvenile. You know, I mean, it was their first debut album. I wouldn't think it's their best. I think uh, you have Paramore, the self-titled, being their second worst, you know, coming in okay. Like, I think it was just a bit of a bloated album overall. Riot. I think Riot, for me, is a stronger album. I think it has all, like, the like the makings of, like, what what, what got them bra- broken through, broken through the mold, right? at least with their contemporaries, such as like Fall Out Boy and, 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 and Panic at the Disco, they are definitely the winners to come out on top of this. Brand New Eyes with the more kind of distinctive sound, a little bit harder, kind of leaning into the edge right there, a more a slightly more focused album, if I were to, if I were to be um, perfectly honest, especially with some of, like, some of the songs, such as like All I Wanted with being such a big, big vocal performance there. And then naturally, uh, this I think is their second best album, coming in very close to me with After Laughter. Two distinct styles, but I think that 
the band has really come in and made something of really unique and really memorable and legendary um in my opinion at least um so i give this one this is like an eight point this is an 8.6 honestly this is an 8.6 and after laughter has only risen in my in my ranks for me at the moment so uh this is my album of the year for now there's a lot of year to chew on um yeah but that that that's it for me nothing else uh on the docket no other tracks i think i've listened to some old tracks i'm trying to figure out what my 2023 tracks are at the moment but you can find us at out of 10 podcast.com you can find us on our instagram and on facebook don't forget to leave any likes uh comments any kind of suggestions that you might want us to review we might have some guests coming in the future speaking about any music that they've listened to or just kind of like shoot the shit and go off the rails as of course so we'll see what uh sage has in store following his uh holiday um on thursday but for now that is it and bye